Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. It's often easy to see the confidence and the competence of senior dentists and to compare ourselves with them, and oftentimes it's so easy to forget that once upon a time, they were students too. Welcome back to What I Wish I Knew. My name's Erica Huynh and in this episode, we are joined by Dr. Alice Huang. Now, this was a really heartwarming episode because I met Dr. Alice back when I was still in high school and she was in dental school. And now here we are 12 years later, I'm in my final year and Dr. Alice is out here making waves in the industry. It's been so incredible just to watch her journey and that's what we talk about in this episode. We cover Dr. Alice's journey as a student to where she is now, a phenomenal clinician and a RIPE Global educator. And if you haven't already, you have to check out Dr. Alice's Instagram at dralice.dentistry, where she's always sharing simple pro tips on how to use your rubber dam or Teflon table, matrix selections, and doing better intraoral scans. And also a big shout out and thank you to RIPE Global, who have been one of our sponsors from the very beginning and have made such a huge difference in the industry in how dental education is accessed. For those who have been tuning in weekly, you've probably noticed the trend in my latest episodes, which have been very much focused on the transition of a student to a new grad because there's only five weeks left to the semester, then exams, graduation, and hopefully I'm done. I just want to take this opportunity to say a big thank you to everyone who's been following along. And for those of you who have reached out, it honestly just makes my day hearing from you. I always try my best to be open and honest about being a student who doesn't know everything and is still trying to find her feet. And I really hope that the content we make resonates with you guys and you're able to gain something and I really do hope that we're able to grow together as we navigate this crazy world of dentistry. For everyone who's in the same boat, we're almost there, we're on the home stretch but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Alice Huang on the trials and tribulations of being a new grad. I need to journey back to 2013 when I finished dental school. At the time, I thought I knew everything. Yeah. <laughs> I thought dental school taught me how to prep a crown, how to do a restoration, how to do periodontal treatment, how to make a denture. So I know that already. I want to learn something else. I thought I knew everything. Having that frame of mind, I, th- I really wanted to maximize the opportunity of being young, opportunity of having the time to immerse myself in growing my career and being able to work full time and being able to move wherever I wanted to. So that was my motivation when I first graduated. So I worked six days a week, observed my boss's work. I went to all these courses, specifically the things that dental school didn't teach me. Yeah. Did you feel like you had a bit of like a rude awakening when you said you kind of graduated for dental school? You feel like you were invincible, you knew everything. And then was there a bit of a wake up call when you went into private practice and realized, well, actually dental school didn't teach you a lot of things? For me, I had many, many rude awakenings. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about them. How do I do a restoration, an MO or a DO restoration? and have the patient super happy. Within that sentence, that there's, there's so much involved from having a short but friendly conversation with the patient, so you're human, they're human, uh, making sure that they're perfectly numb. If you're going to do any type of rubber dam isolation, the palatal and the lingual tissue also get sore. How do you create 
are smooth, cable surface margin, how do you make the contact not too tight, not too loose, and so the floss doesn't break when the patient flosses, that they don't get food impaction? How do you get that balance? How do you color match? And then Mm -hmm. how do I remove the caries enough that the next dentist that the patient sees (laughs) don't have a question about your work? And how do you set the expectation for the patient that anything that you do is not going to last forever? How do you have that conversation that your restoration is going to cost X amount, but then somebody else down the street, there's so many dentists in the world, somebody else is happy to do it for like an insurance rebate, for example. How do you run on time? How do you manage your day to run on time when you are starting out you are also young. You are trying to discover yourself and make, make sure that your life is in order. Mm-hmm. And so you are managing, juggling a lot, a lot of things, managing a lot of things, both in the hard clinical skills, how well you cut the hole, how well you plug the hole, but mm-hmm. also, also these soft skills. How do you hold yourself as a clinician? And how do you best look after this patient and do the best MO you can possibly do? Yeah, that's so fascinating. Like you said, it's just it's just a simple MO. How tricky can it be? But once you break it down, there are so many, so many steps that are involved in it, every little bit, and not just the clinical skills, but the soft skills as well. And Alice, you said this was one of those rude awakenings that you had where you realized actually dental school didn't teach you how to do a good MO in all those little fine details. How did you then acquire the skills to do a good restoration then was it through lots of courses or was it one course that kind of taught you everything or was it accumulation over the years of a lot of different experiences many factors courses is one thing but you can't learn everything from the course and it's kind of like learning how to drive you can have somebody teach you and you can read about it you can watch youtube videos but you have to you have to do it and you're going to fail anyway. I failed. I've had patients come back because it's sensitive. Oh, there's food getting caught. I, I can't floss. Like the teeth are bonded together. It's so tight. Yeah. <laughs> and the occlusion's high. Or like, it's rough. It's too expensive. Or why are you not charging enough? <laughs> like why are you running late? All of those mishaps in the clinic, you learn from that viscerally you feel that from your experience like when you're driving and then you suddenly indicate but you forgot to indicate and then you get yeah. someone beeps you <laughs> and you learn from that and you never do it again and you learn from <laughs> that because it's very scary but you didn't die so you know not to do it again next time and you reflect back at that moment or that situation and think how can I do it differently next time and how can Mm -hmm. I be even better next time I struggled a lot to come to that realization (laughs) involved a number of years of experience having lots of anxious nights having patients come back with sensitivity 
going to courses in Australia. I've done courses in Europe. I've done courses in South Korea, in um, in Asia, in Australia, and also just working with the, the like a really talented people. So on my days that I didn't have patience, I would come to work and watch my first boss, um, Christina, work. So I'll say, oh, hey, Christina, I just want to watch you do stuff. You can't speed things up in some ways. You have to do the 120 hours of L driving. That's so true. Miss a few indicators. <laughs> yeah. And you go, oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> student or new grad, CPD can be expensive. The cost of the course itself, flight tickets, accommodation and finding time amidst clinic, lectures and exams can be a lot. Thankfully, our friends at Ripe Global have got you covered. Ripe Global offers an education platform with hundreds of hours of lectures, hands-on procedures and recordings of live content from their full-day courses and you can access it all from the comfort of your own home. To get 10% off the annual membership, use our code Dental Head Start. And for more information, check out our show notes or visit ripeglobal.com. Alice, you were mentioning how you've really discovered your journey over these years. You've done a lot of courses, a lot of watched a lot of videos, but done a lot of courses both in Australia and overseas. Can you tell us a little bit more about your CPD journey? I'm sure a lot of people want to know how you've gone from being a new grad who was so anxious to such a skillful clinician now that is educating others. What was your CPD journey like in the courses that you took? The first couple of years, like I said, I wanted to do courses that dental school didn't teach me. Look at my CV and look at all of the courses that I've done, which you can actually have a look at them on my website. In the early years of my career, it's very haphazard. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go to an endo conference. I would uh, join the study study group, perio study group. I went to learn how to inject um, anti-wrinkle treatments and injectables. I went to get a nitrous oxide license and I went to do a soft tissue graft uh, course in South Korea. And I had yeah. no idea what soft tissue graft was at the time. <laughs> um, and then I started author course because I didn't know how to do author. And I went to learn how to restore implants. And so all of those things were giving me bite size in bite size amounts what other things were out there and I met my current boss Dr Lincoln Harris in 2018 and at the time it coincided with um, a period of my life where I didn't want to do dentistry Um. I just didn't want to do it I thought all right I'm I'm young I want to do something else personally I went through some challenges i I was in a car accident and physically I was uh, uncomfortable in many ways and I thought "Hmm, I should probably not do dentistry. And 2018 I met Lincoln and he inspired me to do courses that were intensive, meaning that it's not a Saturday course, it's not a one-hour lecture and it's not a company-sponsored thing. And he's, he inspired me to do big courses 
So I went to a number of his courses that touched on treatment planning, restorative implants, live patient implants. And I traveled to Italy to learn how to do prosthodontic things from Dr. Mauro Fradiani, from Fradiani Institution, uh, and spent four days learning, watching him, practicing. That was really fun. And I joined a joined SPEAR study group and people in Melbourne, there's a couple of people that is that are also in the study group. So we would meet on Zoom and do case presentations about our patients. And that from 2018 to now, it really escalated. And I started enjoying the multidisciplinary dentistry that I'm doing now. No, that's so fascinating. Do you, what do you feel like those biggest differences were when you said early years you were just having bite-sized snippets of all these different areas compared to post-2018 when you did all these intensives? When I started doing the bigger courses, you've got more time to immerse yourself in the content. So you get mm. to do more practical, hands-on practices and you also get to spend more time with the right people around you. So you don't just Mm -hmm. learn from the presenters. You don't just learn from one person. You also learn from people sitting next to you. You also Mm. learn from the lunch breaks. You also learn from the chats after the course. Oh, hey, I've got this case. What are you using? What bonding agents should I use? So case presentations. So being in that environment was helpful. The number of hours and the number of the amount of content that you can get from bigger co- bigger courses, you just can't do that in five hours on Saturday because you've got to have time to, time to um, have lunch, time to have morning tea, afternoon tea, and then you got to go for drinks afterwards. So there's only so much, so many hours on a Saturday day course that you can get content from and learn dentistry. And I guess you're not necessarily putting it into practice. I think those Saturday day courses are banking a lot on, okay, you go away and then on Monday you start implementing it yourself. But if you don't, no one's really following you up on it. Whereas I'm gathering from these more continuous learning courses where it's ongoing, you attend a module or you attend a day and then before the next module, before the next session, it's expected that you've actually gone and practiced it or tried a few things, right? There's a little bit more of um, what they'd call accountability. Would you agree? Absolutely. If you don't implement it on a day-to-day, you're going to forget. And then you've done the course for no reason. If you think about it, it's daunting to start doing a course and book the flight to Milan and then book the flight to (laughs) to Pizarro and um, you book the train ticket to Pizarro. And it's daunting because you got to fork out the time and you got to invest yourself in that. But then afterwards, it pays so much more dividends in your day-to-day things. And as a clinician, you get some satisfaction from doing dentistry that's simple, say, sealants, clean uh, checkups basic things it's fine but then the satisfaction that you get from meeting a patient for the first time they've got 
thesis, these things that's affecting them psychologically, affecting them uh, functionally, aesthetically, that they want to change and they want to really reinvent themselves and following through and actually executing to the final result, having top bottom teeth all done, they can chew, their jaw feels better, they can smile at the pub, they can smile and their relationships better, they can hug their children and um, not worry about showing their teeth or maybe if they're too close, they might smell the breath or the, the really day-to-day difficulties that patients have and then being able to offer that service to them, that satisfaction to me, it, it's really fun. So I like yeah. doing bigger cases, but it does come with stress. It comes with having done a lot of professional development, a lot of days where I come to work and I look at my cases and I practice doing uh, ceramic sculpting or tinting. I practice um, cutting teeth. (laughs) So it comes with effort. Yeah. With like, with many good things. Yeah. The more you learn about orthodontics, the more you see it applying to almost every case. It might not always be necessary, but it's almost always an option. So then you think, I want to do aligners for my patients. And your challenge is to learn how to do that to a high standard. But once you've learned that, many people find that the challenge then is how do you actually make that work within your practice? How do you make this efficient and therefore profitable enough for you to be able to provide that to your patients in private practice? There's two people I think about when I think about aligners and then practice management. That's Dr. Jeff Hall and Dr. Jesse Green, and now they've come together to create Clear Aligner Excellence, their new education platform that is aiming to solve both of these problems for you in your practice, while also giving you huge discounts off the major aligner therapy companies. Over the next six years, aligner therapy is forecast to increase by 28%. This is a huge opportunity. Take it with both hands, clearex.com.au. Well, Alice, do you have any final comments or final tips that you would give like you know, new dentists or new grads trying to discover our own passion for dentistry and our own journey? What would be your advice to us? When you feel anxious and scared about a procedure, that's normal and you should feel scared because it's also keeping you safe from making silly mistakes on a patient. It's also a privilege for you to be able to help the patient in that respect. And expect to do a lot of hard work. Doing complex dentistry as a general dentist, being able to do ortho, perio, uh, surgery, endo, pediatrics, special needs, I don't don't know what else there are. Um, Being able to do many, many things as a general dentist isn't the only way to do general dentistry. Choosing to do rehabs all the time is a choice. It's not right or wrong. If you don't choose to do aesthetic work, that's also okay. And expect to go through the journey of figuring out what you enjoy. And then if you decide not to do dentistry, that's also okay. 10 unit Cerex in two days and give them the Hollywood smile and instant makeover and build your practice around that. That's also 
perfect if you enjoy that. Yeah, everyone's got their own journey and everyone's doing it in a different way. Yeah, there's no right and wrong. And I would, if I look back, now I wouldn't change anything, by the way. I wouldn't change anything I did over the, over the last nine years as a private dentist. But what really helped is if you spend the time and some of your mental space in self-reflection and figuring out what you enjoy, you get to reach that final goal a lot quicker because you already know what you want. And then getting to the point where you're actually doing the dentistry that you enjoy becomes much faster than if you didn't know what you want. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.